Hello, wise woman, and welcome to this week's episode of Woman Wellness. This is a show all about natural health and holistic wellness. I'm your host, Wanga Hanyani, helping you to take control of your life, transform your health, and become the best version of yourself. Let's get into it. Today, I'm going to be addressing the frequently asked questions. I did this on the social media page that if you had any questions about hormonal imbalances and anything that we've talked about recently, then you can send your questions through. So these are the questions that I'll be going through. There are some questions that I left out, which I think will answer themselves once we start going through the natural health approach. And there are other questions which have nothing to do with hormonal balance, but I feel that need to be answered for clarity's sake. So I'll start with those. Question number one, where do you have your woman wellness consultation and coaching? All consultations and coaching are done online. That's the beauty of the fourth industrial revolution. You can be anywhere in the world and we can still meet. We can still have a consultation. Second question, what is the difference between a consultation and coaching? So in a consultation, This involves you answering a questionnaire, a very in-depth questionnaire of your health, your history, and everything that goes on with you. And it asks things from emotional issues, stress issues, health issues, everything. It's very in-depth. And then in the consultation, we also have a chat because I'd like to know who I'm speaking with, who I'm working with. The size, the, the deep breaths in between statements. All of those little hints as we talk helps me know what are your sticking points. It helps me know what your fears are. It helps me know what makes you uncomfortable. So I get to know you on a more personal level. And then we make recommendations. Diet recommendations, exercise recommendations, um, herbal remedies that would work best for you, any emotional and mental therapies that might work best for you that can help you cope with whatever it is that you're dealing with. And then you take that and you run with it. Meaning that as soon as you leave the consultation, you know how you need to eat for your health, how you need to move for your health, which herbal remedies to take, and how to manage your emotions and your mental state. Because all of these are important. Having worked with certain clients, some came to realize that the fertility issue wasn't even a physical issue it was an emotional issue and once they dealt with that side of of their health then you know fertility went up in terms of starting to ovulate starting to see a regular period as well things started to fall into place and they just felt better and then there are other clients that I've worked with that their mental health issues were never actually in their mind they were in their gut their digestive issues So it's a very holistic approach to your wellness, and it's a very individualized approach. With the coaching, we take those recommendations that we made in the consultation, and we put them into practice over a 90-day period. This is called the 90-day wellness program. And the reason why it's 90 days is we work one-on-one through every single recommendation, making the herbal products for you. Even from the consultation, you can get the herbal products made for you. In the coaching, we make the herbal products and there's also the advantage that everything is tweaked for you as you improve. So in maybe the first four weeks of you taking a herbal product, you show signs of improvement. Then 
we're able to tweak that as we go on. And even after the 90-day wellness, then I stay on a retainer basis to be able to still make your herbal remedies for you. From time to time, during the coaching session, during the 90-day period, I'll bring in who I feel you might benefit from most. You'll get to meet the woman wellness doctor, or you'll get to meet our mindful movement instructor, or our eating for wellness consultant. Each of them will help you on an individual basis. Woman wellness consultations and coaching are for women who have some sort of gynecological issue. They're specifically geared for women who are facing a womb issue of some sort. So it can be something that's even indirectly related. So hormonal acne, because that is hormone womb related, or fibroids or cysts or premature ovarian failure, fertility challenges, and similar conditions. You can come in for a consultation for that. Right. So let's get into the next batch of questions, which are related to the topic that we are speaking on. Question number one, I don't want to come off the hormonal contraceptive. Is there a way that I can stay on it and minimize the side effects? In short, yes. A very conservative yes. Because it depends what exactly you're on and how long you've been on it. Unfortunately, the longer you are on it, you will still have some effects. First thing that I would do is find a hormonal contraceptive that works for you. There are some who do better on the pill than the injection and vice versa. There are some who do better on combination oral contraceptives and the others who do better on the mini pill. So it really depends on you and how your body feels. On the same note, it is important to say that going from one pill to another to the next injection to another is also not a good idea for your body. It's essentially putting your body through a hormonal roller coaster. So do your research and then make an informed decision from there. The next thing that I would recommend is diet. Diet is completely underrated when it comes to hormonal balance, but will do wonders for you to help you minimize the side effects of hormonal imbalances. One of the foods, again, that are highly, highly underrated as a superfood are cruciferous vegetables. So your kale, your broccoli, your cabbages. Cabbages are wonderful food that help with detoxing the body. Remember, estrogen is fat-soluble. And for it to be excreted from the body, it needs to be water-soluble. Cruciferous vegetables, they are one of the only food groups that are able to convert estrogen from fat-soluble to water-soluble, and that's how it can be excreted from your body. So including these in your diet can help. Another food group or another type of food that you can include, you should include, is high-fiber foods. Because high-fiber foods are your step two to removing excess estrogen from your body. Once your estrogen is water-soluble, it needs fiber to bind to, to be excreted. So high-fiber foods, a high-fiber diet, again, which comes from fruits and vegetables, is very important. And then you can use things like flaxseed, which are wonderful when it comes to binding excess estrogen and escorting it out of the body. Number three is exercise. It's not about going beast mode in the gym. It's about finding balance and also knowing what your body needs. There are people who just don't do well on intense exercise. So it's it's a bad idea to just say, because they say intense exercise is good, then I must do it. 
Believe it or not, there are people who don't do well with Pilates or yoga. So it's so important to also find what your body likes and what you like to do in terms of movement and do that. And we have our mindful movement instructor who will help you understand how your body is working in terms of movement and help you come up with a movement um, sequence for you that will help you with whatever you're dealing with. And number four is lifestyle. Have a look at your lifestyle. Have a look at what are the, the things that you do or places that you are that expose you to excess estrogens, to synthetic estrogens, xenoestrogens as they're called. And these are found in, in unfortunately, nearly everything. In the chemicals that we touch day to day, depending on where you live, they're probably in the air. In the water, if you're drinking tap water, especially in many countries, if you're drinking tap water, then you're exposing yourself to a lot of synthetic estrogen. Because unfortunately, water treatment processes, many water treatment processes used today still can't get rid of the medications and everything that we're flushing down the toilets and down the sink. So you can still find antibiotics in the water. You can still find components of contraceptives in the in the wastewater and treated water as well. So there's some things that you can't control, but what you do have control is is your personal products, your personal care products. Start to look at your personal care products, your roll-ons, your lotions, shampoos, all of that, makeup, and clean it up. Essentially look for natural products, more environmentally friendly products that can help minimize your exposure to xenoestrogens. So using shea butter instead of your general lotion, using African black soap, which works well from head to toe, using natural oils for your skin as opposed to creams, or even just finding a balance if you still want to use those things. For example, your perfume sprayed on your clothes and not on your skin, because girls will be girls. And truth is, I'm sure, like me, everyone wants to smell good, look good, feel pretty, and you don't need to be an extremist, which I once was, by the way, <laughs> long story. But you can definitely use those products in a more safer way. Like I said, spray your perfume on your clothes and not on your skin. When you're home, do you really need to use roll-on? Go for just water and bicarbonate of soda. Make a spray and spray it under your armpits. That's just it. Look for a natural roll-on. Use shea butter, use coconut oil, use grapeseed oil. Those are all fantastic for the skin as well. They help feed your skin, they help tighten and tone your skin and give you a nice glow and keep you looking young and healthy because they also have fats that are necessary for your body. And finally, herbal remedies. There are some herbs that can help you detox or rather improve your liver function, which will help with minimizing excess estrogen. So one of those would be dandelion root. Dandelion root is an excellent liver detoxifier that you can drink as a tea. And this will help with detoxing. This will help with hormone metabolism and biotransformation and helping you with improved digestion. So dandelion root is one of them. Another would be ashwagandha root. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen, meaning that it helps you adapt to whatever is going on with your body. So if you're stressed, then it helps you manage stress. If your body's you know, not okay, then it helps you just kind of manage everything that's going on. And it's one of my favorite herbs. It's one of those herbs that just helps you 
be mellow. It helps you feel good. And it's not something that is you take it once and, you know, you're hopping all over the place, but it's something that's like you're putting, you're putting, it's like you're saving, you're putting something in the bank. So you do feel better in the short term, but as you take it more consistently in the long term, you just start to feel good. The things that irritate you don't irritate you as much anymore. Your body just feels stronger. Your body feels like it can cope better. You're not as tired. You're sleeping better. It's, it's an amazing herb. And it's just important to note that before you start, you know, chugging down herbs, it's important to have a chat with someone who is well-versed in herbalism or phytotherapy. Have a chat with me, SMS me, DM me, whatever it is, or see a herbalist in your area who can help. So those are some of the things that you can do to help minimize the effects of being on hormonal contraceptives. Next question. Can I be on Fertimid and Harmony at the same time? No. I will include all fertility treatment and even hormonal treatments. No, you cannot be on Fertimid or Clomid or any of that fertility treatments and even the pill, all of that, and be on Harmony. For those of you that don't know Harmony, Harmony is our number one bestseller and a hormone balancing tonic. It's made up of herbs that help your body to start to do what it needs to do. And you can find it on earthandrootbotanicals.com and I will link it in the show notes below. The difference between, for example, let's use the Fertimid or the Clomid and Harmony is that Fertimid or Clomid is forcing your body to do something that clearly your body is not ready to or does not want to do and that's ovulate. So the important thing is actually to find out why you're not ovulating as opposed to just forcing you to ovulate, right? With Harmony, it has the herbs that help your body do what it needs to do. If you saw the Instagram post on the Earth and Root Botanicals page, I did talk about Harmony and how it addresses things in a more holistic way. This is why women who've been on Harmony experience the acne clearing or improved PMS symptoms or no PMS symptoms, improved period, and just general feelings of well-being. This is because the herbs in Harmony are known to address different aspects of hormonal imbalances. So Vitex, for example, in Harmony is the number one woman's herb. And what Vitex does it works on your hypothalamus and your pituitary and it helps to make sure that your hormones are being released at the right time in the right amounts to where they need to go. So when it comes to the HPO axis, if you remember from the last episode, hypothalamus, pituitary and ovary, Vitex is really good at serving that axis. So it's not overriding a system and giving it hormones or forcing it, but it's, it's helping your body remember like, hey, remember you used to make these hormones at this particular time? Let's do that. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the most simple way of how I can explain how some of the herbs in Harmony work. So being on something like Fertimid and Clomid and being on Harmony is almost counterproductive because you're pulling your body in two different ways. One is helping remember how you used to make the hormones, how your body would act, what your body needs to do. Whereas the other one more or less is overriding a system to force it in a different direction. So it's not a good idea to be on both of them. If you have been on both of them, then I would advise that you stop one. Which one you want to stop is entirely up to you and your decision and what you're trying to achieve. And if you're not sure, DM me, email me, text, WhatsApp, whatever it is, and I'll be happy to help with that. Third question, 
is spotting a sign of hormonal imbalance. There's so many reasons why a woman would be spotting. So spotting can be a physical thing and it also can be a hormonal thing. If your uterus has just gone through some trauma like a miscarriage, then you're likely to spot. If you just had a baby, then you're likely to spot. If you have an IUD in, then you might spot. If you have fibroids, which affect the integrity of your uterine lining, then you might spot. So it really depends with what is going on with you. I can't just say that, yes, all spotting is hormonal imbalance. It really could just be a physical issue. It could just be a weak uterine lining. Then all you need would be to take some sort of uterine tonic, like raspberry leaf. And if it's a hormonal issue, then an example of that would be you've had your period, but you're still spotting for a couple of days after that. That's something that may be an issue with your levels between your follicle stimulating hormone and your luteinizing hormone. But again, this is something that I can't just say, oh, yes, if you're spotting, then you have hormonal imbalance. Really will require an assessment and just having more context to your spotting. Next question. You mentioned hormonal acne. How do I know the difference with regular acne? Okay, one good telltale sign for hormonal acne is that it shows up on your jawline and on your chin. Once it shows up in those areas, it's likely that there is some sort of hormonal issue going on and some sort of reproductive issue going on. So that's one easy telltale sign that anybody can use to say, okay, well, I keep having acne in this area. Maybe it's something that I should have a look into. Again, this is not limited to it. You might have hormonal acne, but set off by different things. So for example, I got to know my patterns and I got to know what was triggering the hormonal acne. When I would have processed sugar, I'd break out on my forehead. If I would have dairy, I'd break out on my chin and on my jawline. Once I cut dairy out, that type of acne started to disappear. But this, the processed sugar wouldn't. And whenever I have processed sugar, then it would break out somewhere on my face. So it's also important to kind of know what triggers you in terms of food groups. How do I identify hormonal imbalance? Okay, so we've mentioned a little bit about that in the past two questions, but hormonal imbalance can start off in a subtle way. I once said in one of the past episodes that you don't go to sleep and wake up with fibroids or you don't go to sleep and wake up with endometriosis. You don't go to sleep and wake up with ovarian cysts. This is something that happens over time. This is why it's so important to know your body, to get to know your body, get to know your triggers, get to know what your body's doing, understand your menstrual cycle, understand your emotional state and just get to know you because nobody will tell you about your body than your body. You can go to the, the most highly rated specialists, gynecologists, endocrinologists, all of those people who are amazing at their jobs. But at the end of the day, your body will tell you exactly what you need to know about yourself. So get to know your body. I think that's the first thing. If you start to notice differences like, oh, hey, I used to have a regular period and now it's not, or I used to have a four-day period, now it's six days. I never used to have pain, now I have PMS symptoms. Get to know your body and get to track your changes. On the same foot, please don't become hypochondriac and say, oh, um, there must be something wrong with me. I, no joke, I literally have people who call me like, oh, my toes started hurting from yesterday. Do you think that's something going on with my hormones again? And it's not. Like, I don't want you to become a hypochondriac 
when it comes to your health, but just be sensitive in terms of getting to know your body because that might lead you to what may be going on in your body. So how to track hormone imbalance? It's very different for everyone. I'll give a good example. If you're stressed, then maybe your period might come late. That's normal. That's a normal thing because your hormones are all over the place. From stress, then your period might come late. But if you only get your period every second month, that's a sign of hormone imbalances that something somewhere is not working right. Um, maybe one ovary is working and one's not. If you bleed heavily, that's something that I'd want you to explore. That why are you bleeding heavily, if, especially if it hasn't happened before. If it's getting better, even better. Get to know what you've been doing different that can help with your period. If you're getting, you know, extreme PMS conditions, then also get to know why that is. The next question, how do I know when it's time to go for medical testing for hormonal imbalance? This is, I'll tie this to the previous question. It, it really depends on what you're dealing with. If you're trying to conceive, then I think a starting point is, have you checked that you're ovulating? If you're ovulating, when are you ovulating and have you been having sex in those times? Next thing is, do you, are you having hot flashes? This year alone, I've worked with four women who were initially diagnosed with PCOS, but now have been diagnosed with POI, which is premature ovarian insufficiency, which I think in itself is, is very interesting. But what's your body telling you? Then you'll be able to know because... If it's subtle things like the PMS and stuff, then that's something that you can start to address by yourself at home, educating yourself on managing those conditions. But if it's something that leaves you completely knocked out, like if your PMS leaves you hurling over the toilet, vomiting and all of that for a whole week before your period, then that's something that you want to go and have looked at to see what's really going on. So it depends on what you're feeling, what your symptoms are. At the same time, if you feel comfortable, if you feel like those are the answers that you need, then go and see a doctor and get tested. For example, when I had fibroids, when, when I had the flare-up, it left me bleeding out, dangerously bleeding out. So that's something that I had to go straight to the hospital and I had to run all sorts of tests. But again, those are things that I'd ignored for a long time in terms of triggers. I'd ignored, obviously my body was leaving signs all over the place, but I ignored them. And by the time it got to that, that's when I needed testing. So it really depends with what you experience. But if you are in pain and if you experience serious discomfort, then I would say get that checked out to know what is going on. And then from there, you can take proactive steps to look after yourself. Next question is, are there herbs that can help with ovulation? There are herbs that are known to help improve ovulation. Scientifically backed evidence to having improved ovulation rates and fertility rates of women who have been taking them. One of those herbs is Tribulus terrestris. It's an amazing herb. I've been using a lot with my clients and this herb has, been, it has all the scientific backing on that it does help improve ovulation. The success of it is really timing. So you can take it all throughout the month, which will definitely help some, but timing it to take it in specific days of your cycle can maximize the potential for you to actually ovulate and, fingers crossed, conceive. So yes, there are some herbs. Are there natural alternatives to hormonal contraceptives? This is one that I say with caution. Yes, there are. 
There are natural methods that you can use for contraception. There are herbs that can be used as contraceptives. So the more natural ways of doing it is, you know, tracking your period dates, tracking ovulation dates. And this is obviously a little bit risky if you don't know your body very well, then um, <laughs> I wouldn't advise doing this until you have a very normal cycle and and you know your, your period, how you know how your body works. I mean, this is how our grandmothers spaced their children. This is how our grandmothers had children. They may have had a lot of children, but if you look at their children, there was a good spacing in between. My dad and his family, there are eight of them, and they're all born two years apart. And so that's that's an amazing thing that my grandmother knew her body so well that she was able to space her children out that well. That comes with knowing your body and being very in tune with your body. But I think this question was specifically with herbs. Yes, there are herbs, and this is something that I prefer not to get into because the same herbs that can help as natural contraceptives can also be used for abortions. Now, without getting into the politics of pro-life and all of that, it's just even from, from a health standpoint that it's, it's very risky to use herbs for abortions. It needs a highly skilled herbalist to help with that process. Um, and so I'm very wary of recommending herbs as natural contraceptives. But yes, there are natural alternatives to hormonal contraceptives. With all the herbs and all the natural remedies that I've talked about, I will link the products in the show notes. And if you'd like to know which herbal remedies are best to help you with herbal remedies, whether it's for ovulation, to improve your fertility, to balance your hormones, then feel free to DM me, email me, WhatsApp, text, or call, and we can have a chat and I can help you with that. So that's about it. I feel there's definitely a lot more to cover and answer. So please keep sending in your questions and we'll cover them in the next question section. The link for the consultation is also in the show notes and I'm happy to help. So next week, we'll really dive into the natural health approach. We'll start talking about detoxification, diet, exercise, lifestyle issues, the herbal remedies. And we'll go into each of these in depth so that you have a wonderful understanding and by the end of this, you really know how to look after yourself, how to start to balance your hormones naturally. And we have exciting things in store regarding this hormonal balance series. So stay tuned, stay interactive on social media, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about woman wellness and how you can start to heal yourself by making informed and empowered health decisions, then go ahead and book a consultation on the website. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with another wise woman like yourself. Let's build this sisterhood. I'm your host, Wanga Hanyani, and I'll be back next Wednesday. Be well.